Hey everyone, welcome to One Controller Port Podcast, episode 40. 40? 40? Oh my, yeah, it's 40 today. I just double checked just to make sure, I didn't realize it's 40, not doing anything special, we got a zero at the end though. I guess 40 isn't really a number (laughs) that people generally celebrate. Um... I don't know, like, 40, 40 years old, um, I feel like that is a, a interesting point in someone's life for some reason, but we're not 40 years old today, I'm not 40 years old today, maybe you are, um, I hope you're enjoying yourself, if you are, life is good, I hope, um, yeah, here we are, episode 40, <laughs> Uh, I'm Benjamin Yoder, and I'm here today to talk to you about things. Um, I didn't plan out this episode, I'm just kind of realizing this is, I kind of just clicked record and we're just kind of going. <laughs> um, so, but I can, I can say, um, I did have a, a interesting thing happen this week, I guess, maybe? I don't know if things, right? So I made that, that, um, that, uh, Final Fantasy XI article. Sorry, this podcast is just... Whew, we're already kind of a mess. I mean, <laughs> I made that Final Fantasy XI article, and uh, it was basically about a unused area in Final Fantasy XI. But more importantly, I wanted to point out kind of the the relevance of it in terms of um, uh, also being connected to some um, old footage uh, that Square Enix put out about like with these f- three characters in a town that doesn't appear in the game at all, and realizing oh. Those, these two spots match up, <laughs> actually. It's like, this is the town that is on the edge of this area that you can actually see. So, um, uh, to get more specifics about that, uh, you should, um, read my article about, uh, Selfiner. Selfiner? Selfiner? It's hard. I don't know. Like, I have trouble with Final Fantasy Eleven names in general, let alone, <laughs> uh, individual things. But, yeah, so, um, so I did that. Uh, probably about two weeks ago now. Uh, I try to finish my articles early if I can. I say that, but I have nothing prepared for this week so far. So I try to earlier than than later if I can. So um, so it's been a couple of weeks since I did that, and I had a good time just kind of like poking around the files, and then uh, I ended up doing a bit more research on data mining stuff, um, and and ended up messaging some guy from the cutting room floor, and um. And worked with him a bit over the weekend to help me out with some stuff. And I'll say, I'm I'm a I'm a big dummy when it comes to a lot of things <laughs> in life. Uh, as much as I use computers, I should probably know more. Also, when I'm in a position where I feel like I I am uncertain of everything, I start to question even some very basic uh, <laughs> basic things I am aware of, but uh, I haven't really haven't really had to do within a certain context. Um, so I did, I, I worked with them and, and poked around some stuff and, uh, I was, as a happy side effect, um, I actually, uh, got the soundtrack from Aconcagua, <laughs> uh, uh, pulled from my copy of Aconcagua, which is, I'm really happy. Um, if you haven't watched my Aconcagua video, you should, that game is really interesting and fantastic and I recommend it for anyone. Um, cause it's a very playable game. There's one part in the game you need to use a guide for, but mostly everything else is very playable despite being a Japanese point and click adventure game. Um, so yeah, so I just messed with a lot of tools this weekend and, um, and I don't know if I learned anything 
<laughs> but but it was neat to, to poke around those tools and I, I hope going forward I'll continue to do that. Um, I, I do feel like I don't, I think there's a baseline understanding I need to have of some things that I don't right now to contextualize a lot of stuff that I'm looking at at times. Uh, but if I'm able to just pull a PNG and be like, oh, it looks like a picture, <laughs> that much, how much I can filter out. So, so I think what I'm going to try to do is I have to double check. Actually, we can check right now. But um, I don't think there's a uh, Final Fantasy XI listing on the cutting room floor. So I think this week I might, in addition to hopefully getting my thing done for Wednesday this week, I don't know if I have confidence I will. Um, it's actually a video, so um, I, 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 I recorded this, the, the audio for the script, and so now I have to actually start um, editing. So I'm going to guess I'm not going to get that done by Wednesday this week, so we're probably not going to have anything posted up by Wednesday this week. But uh, one thing I did want to try to do is, um, if there is no Final Fantasy XI listing uh, on the cutting room floor, I'm going to go ahead and just upload the stuff I found there. Um, outside, of, outside of Selfie Nerd on its own, um, there's some other th interesting things I had, I had seen uh, earlier on, and um, I, I just need to do a bit more research to, to kind of get a better idea of where these could have... Um, where some of this stuff could have come from, uh, specifically like, uh, uh, there's just like this floating castle area. It's just like titled Castle 2. Um, and originally, so how Final Fantasy XI seems to render its indoor environments is that essentially there is a, a room that is there when the map is loaded and that room is empty or has minimal objects in it. And then, um, and then when you open the door, it loads in another data file that brings in those objects. So, you know, they're not rendering all those objects inside of a building before you go inside because that would be a waste of resources. Um, so I thought that's what this was, just a bunch of floating objects. But the more I look at it and more look at, like, when I'm trying to export, there's, like, a bunch of errors happening. I think this is, like, a castle environment that some of the model is missing, the object's model is missing and so only parts of it are loading in um and so i think this is like an unused castle area that un unfortunately only like little bits of fractions exist still so um yeah i think i think it'll be valuable to put some of that stuff on on the cutting room floor and it's it is a lot of visual stuff too which i always think is for me at least like for me that's very exciting versus sometimes I, I go to like a cutting room floor page and it's just like a bunch of text and it's like oh there's debug in this game which is you know it's just its own thing um I just don't think it feels as exciting as you know looking at an environment that shouldn't that shouldn't be in the final game essentially uh one thing I might do is try to get my original Final Fantasy 11 copy cuz uh when I was looking at the data files for Final Fantasy XI, um, all of them have been updated since 2007, which, if you know, Final Fantasy XI came out in, like, 2002 in Japan, I think, 2003 in America, so at some point, those data files were touched in some way, I just don't know how, and so if it is possible that they tried to clean some stuff up and remove some stuff, then maybe having, a, like, an old install, uh, will be valuable to look at. Um, the only problem is, is that once you get past a certain point, um, in the game or in the, uh, the data files, it becomes more like tr traditional in-game content that you would expect. Cause weird, you need data files to run a game. That's the entire point of it being there. <laughs> um, but, um, digging through essentially 13 years worth of data files is a nightmare. Um, but, but we'll see. I don't really know how far I plan to go with it. It probably just depends 
on what I can find. I there's still some more stuff I can do with some of the the unused content I did find, but it's it's pretty pretty much. I think the selfie nar thing is is the big most most notable thing right now. Um, so if you if you're interested in that, I have an article you can go go read it. Otherwise, I'm just gonna go ahead and basically put all that stuff on the cutting room floor, in addition to some other stuff I found. Um, and maybe somebody will will also look at Final Fantasy XI. Anyways, point being, like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this data mining stuff, and I'm super thankful that guy is trying to help me, or lady, I don't know what they are, actually. That person is trying to help me. <laughs> I think I'm always, I mean, I'm always more, I, I don't know, I just, sometimes I feel, sometimes I feel like I need to be better at, at something before I really dive into it, but yeah. Yeah, some content is better than no content on the cutting room floor, so I can at least contribute that much. Um, so yeah, that's the weird thing I went down this weekend. That's not really relevant to what I usually do, but but I thought it'd be neat to poke around in, and like hopefully I can I can keep doing it um, in the in the long term. But for now, I'll focus on getting this Final Phase Eleven stuff done, uh, and then maybe try to look at some DS games. Uh, I tried to look at Fantasy Star Zero, but um, when I ran the stuff by the uh, the code. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Essentially, the the files by the uh, cutting room floor. I was like, "Oh, this is all custom code, um, so we can't decipher this." And I'm like, "Great." Uh, but yeah, Aconcagua. I open. I'm gonna open this 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 podcast with some Aconcagua music because Aconcagua has great music. Again, if you have if you haven't like even if you don't watch my video, watch something of Aconcagua. I love that game in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a cool game. Really neat find. Aconcagua. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any games that I've been playing recently that might be worth talking about. I I think Monster Hunter might be done for me. I didn't end up playing it more, but I was looking at some Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet footage today, and I know Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet's probably not gonna be a good game. Um, I I, I don't really care if it's a good game or not, <laughs> but that's what I'm more interested in right now. Um, having a gun focused, uh, uh, essentially monster hunter style game sounds kind of interesting. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to pursue that. So I think if I do play anything in the near future outside of Tokyo 2, it's probably going to be that and not monster hunter, but I don't know. We'll see. I really doubt it. Most of the people I was, I bought it to play with are already like a hundred plus hours in and I'm at like five hours and I, I just don't really feel that much like drive to go forward. And the single player stuff super bothers me. Like I liked, I mean, I get, it's good that you can play the single player online with people, but I don't like that the progression seems to be required as far as I can tell. Um, and when you played like Monster Hunter Try, the single player was completely separate, but when you went online, you could play whatever missions you want. Well, I mean, like, you had a progression online as well, um, but, but, um, my brain has stopped. Yeah. Anyways, you can do those missions online, um. Yeah, I, I wish there were more freedom. Like, I don't want to sit there and have to, like, have all this cutscene stuff and, like, get kicked out of chats with people and stuff when playing through the PS4 audio. It's it's really silly and frustrating, and I just kind of want to, you know, 
play a good multiplayer game with a friend <laughs> and if that means that the story's locked offline if it's if that if the, so i would again i would love for the story to be playable multiplayer as it is now but if that's going to prevent the game from being as playable online that's not a good solution to to your your single player being being very dull because <laughs> i'll say monster hunter single player is very dull and like being able to bring other players online is is great but don't restrict what you're you're currently doing that was a weird i i'm not talking very well i was thinking about maybe tackling xenogears like the 20th anniversary stuff and then like talking about let's just not talk about it i, I don't think i have the capabilities of speaking about it right now <laughs> maybe some other time um let's just skip right to the fortune cookie my favorite segment um a reminder if anyone hasn't been listening before uh, fortune cookie. I just pick a random game in my game collection, and I talk about it. See how that goes. Um, I used the fortune cookie feature on uh, backloggery.com, where I have a lot of my games uh, there. Uh, but I'm doing a really bad job and getting a lot of uh, games I haven't played before because I, I'm assuming they're not categorized correctly on my list. Um, but anyways, I got one. Uh, Tomodachi Life. Tomodachi Life. I was um a little history on my interest in Tomodachi. I saw the original Tomodachi collection on Nintendo DS uh, back when that was shown off, and I was super interested in it. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Nintendo back during the Nintendo 64 disk drive era uh, did something. I believe it's called 3D Studio, and it's essentially just like some weird, um, weird uh like software where you can import your face and um and then also uh create objects and stuff and then put them in a bunch of weird scenarios and um and it wasn't really a game more of just like putting these weird things in different environments so so they eventually went on to make they really set for the 64 dd but that was you know released only in japan through i think mail mail order essentially um and then um, for the GameCube, there was Stage Debut, which was essentially a continuation of that idea where you um, use the Game Boy Advance's Game Boy camera, essentially. I don't think that camera ever came out, but you would use this camera to take pictures of yourself, and you could put them in the game, and they'll dance and stuff, or or just act out certain scenarios. And I believe there's some like basic level of uh, you know creating scenarios that you could do, similar to like a like a like a movie maker kind of thing but but very very simple tools as far as uh i know um and then so yeah tomodachi life or tomodachi collection on the nintendo ds was was very much seemed like a continuation of that idea and there's actually a a gdc speech i believe about um about me specifically and where they came from and uh the me i believe was a a a um the me is why Tomonachi uh, collection exists essentially, um, because this whole idea with stage debut kind of died. And Miyamoto in that in that speech talks about how it was an idea he was working on since like the NES, where you take a character and like basically uh, put them in this w- this world where they they kind of live on their own, and then just like trying to he was like trying to find where the fun is in that. Um, 
<clears throat> and eventually, uh, the Mies kind of kind of became the the harbinger of that, and that's where Tomodachi Life came from. Anyways, um, or yeah, Tomodachi Collection came from on the DS, and it just looked really neat and really cool. And I actually have an article, I think, back in uh, 2010 or something, where I'm just like, hey, this game should be brought over. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool little weird game. I love Tomodachi things, so let's let's get this Tomodachi thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I don't have a ton to say about Tomodachi Life. It was really fun for a little bit of it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's essentially you just probably the same problem. They it has the same problem as the originally had back when they were working on the NES. It's like where's the fun in a lot of ways? I mean, there's no real game element of it. You're just kind of observing these characters it almost looks like something that would work well as like a screensaver tool or something if if that was still a thing these days um where you just have it like up and running and then like you know briefly interacting with it but you know actually having a 3ds out and like watching these things and actively using 3ds it it never really (laughs) it never really fit that lifestyle I feel like maybe like on a maybe yeah I guess the idea was kind of like you opened it up and then just kind of saw what was happening took over your characters gave them like food and stuff and then just kind of stopped and closed for a while and come back like you know two hours later and then see what everyone's doing give them new clothes all that fun stuff um it's an interesting interesting weird little game um it's not I saw a lot of people compare it to the sims it's not really it's more a a lot more automated than the sims um you know, it takes out a lot of the stress of like having to find a job and stuff like that. And, you know, there's very basic tools to keep your me happy versus a sim, I feel like is is semi-complex in some ways. Anyways, I guess I don't really have a ton to say about this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a bad podcast this week, but hey, I, I, um spent a good chunk of last night trying to find some uh some things I wanted to talk about and I couldn't really find too much unfortunately still working my way through Xenoblade 2 um trying to think if there's anything else just kind of floating around at the moment but that's kind of that's kind of it right now working on Xenoblade 2 you know did some of that data mining stuff that I did kind of bad job on and then I streamed a bit which I, I don't think I have anything particularly new to say about the stream it was um it was fun though I think the stream actually went pretty well um but we'll see. We'll see going forward. Um, yep, yeah, I think that's gonna do it this this week. A little bit of a short episode, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening. I'm gonna try to have a video up on Wednesday. I don't have a ton of confidence it's gonna make it though, so um, probably not because there's some things I still need to to resolve otherwise for some other projects. So um, probably look forward to that next week. But I'll still aim for Wednesday this week just to push myself, um, and we'll see where we go. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!